0: St. Michael's, will you stand? Lord, we're just so grateful to have the invitation to be in your house. We are so blessed to be in your presence, and I just pray that we would hear from you this morning, Lord, through the songs, through your spirit, and just through the words that everyone has to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, Amen.
1: The Almighty and Merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy.
3: Christ, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy.
4: I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. The goodness of God.
5: Let us pray together. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world. Evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
6: Our first reading comes from Numbers, chapter 21. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was. If the serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. The word of the Lord. Uh, this morning's Psalm is Psalm one hundred and seven, and we'll say it responsively by the half verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And gathered out of the lands. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way, they found no city hungry and thirsty. Their soul in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble,
3: and
4: he, delivered them out of their distress.
6: And he led them forth by the right way. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. For he satisfies the longing soul. The soul. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and be Amen.
0: Our second reading comes from Ephesians chapter two, beginning in verse one. just as the others, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The word of the Lord.
2: Sorry. The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ.
5: You may be seated. Well, we're in for a fun next, I'll say 20 minutes. We'll see how it goes. I'm not quite sure how this is all going to... I've rewritten my sermon three times this week. I was definitely going to talk about the snakes. That's gone. <laughs> I the gears. and You know, the Lord has really been faithful, and he's, and he's uh, put some things on my heart, and I want to share these with you guys. I'm reminded of a quote, and I had a lot of fun at the first service, because I did this at the 730 service. I had a lot of fun with this quote, because one of my... Uh, congruence, one of my good friends, is a very sh- devout Eagles fan, and so I said, "I've got a quote from that great Dallas Cowboy coach, Tom Landry, the five-time world champion Cowboys coach." And he goes, "I couldn't hear anything you said after that, Ed." <laughs> so I do have a quote from him, and I think it's interesting. Uh, it's I, I read this quote uh, in my studies this week. I saw it, it came up twice. I thought, well, there's got to be something i got to share, and he's talking about the job of a coach, and he's talking about, you know, training athletes, and he goes, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. Well, that's really good. So today, I'm going to share some things with you that you don't want to hear. Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> well, it is, sort of. The theme in this Lenten season, every week, and I've been doing the 7.30 service, I've been preparing for a sermon and then hearing a sermon, and all of them have all talked about the same thing. What's the role of suffering in our lives? Why is it a good thing? Count it all joy. Uh, you know, you get tired of hearing that because you're like, I don't want to suffer anymore. But it's the season of Lent, and we need to talk about it. And so, I, in getting ready for this, I read the scriptures, and I'm reading about the snakes and stuff, and then I get stuck on this collet, and I go, how does this connect? It says to Jesus, let me read it for you again, because I know you guys all read it with me, but just to remind you, it says, Gracious Father, whose blessed Son Jesus Christ came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world." That has nothing to do with snakes. What are they talking about? To be the true bread which gives life to the world. Evermore, give us this bread that he may live in us and we in him. Oh, that's really great. Where does that fit? And then I all of a sudden remember, oh, in the Old Testament, they did mention the bread. But not, not in a favorable light. <laughs> this this collect, by the way, is based on John 6, when Jesus said, I am the true bread, which came down to give life, you know. Because they said, they said, give us a sign. And he goes, you know, the the, the scribes and the Pharisees were saying, Moses gave us the, true, the, gave us the bread from heaven, the manna. Do us a sign for us. You know, he'd already given the 5,000, fed the 5,000 with loaves and fish. And, (coughs) you know, so they're pushing for a sign. They're pushing for something. And he goes, no, no, no. God gives the true bread. Moses didn't do that. That was God. And so anyway, in the Old Testament, I'm reading this here, and I'm I'm remembering. And he goes, the children of Israel, they're out in the wilderness. And he goes, they journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to go around the land. And the soul of the people became very discouraged. They were not happy with God's plan. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. No wonder, he said, snakes. (laughs) What a bad attitude. These are the children of Israel who had been in slavery. You know that, that whole phrase, more... More bricks, less straw. You know, it comes from when they were really struggling and the the Egyptian rulers were just being really bad to them. You know, really. And Moses goes in and says, let my people go. And you know about all the plagues and everything. And God did great miracles to deliver the children of Israel from their oppressors. I mean, the, the whole Passover thing. All the firstborns were slain except for those who put the blood over their lentil and who... Uh, their mat, the, uh, the door, and just set them free. And then, he said, ask them for their riches and stuff. I mean, they plundered the Egyptians and took all their gold and silver and all their stuff. God plundered their enemy, and then they departed. And then the enemy comes after them to take it all back, and God drowns all the, army, drowns all the enemy. He sets them free again. They go out in the wilderness, they're thirsty. Okay, he gives them water out of a rock. Now they're hungry. Okay, he gives them bread. When they cried out to the Lord, God delivered them. And they didn't like it. They didn't like this plan because it didn't happen. It wasn't easy. It was hard. And they're complaining about how rough it was. And they say, our soul loathes this worthless bread, this manna, the bread of angels. And they loathed it because they had such a bad attitude. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... This is not so good, right? Now, here's the question. Why did God make their deliverance so difficult? Because it was difficult. Now I'm reminded of a scripture, and I remember the first time I read this, I go, oh, okay, that makes sense. And, gosh, is that why he takes us through suffering? Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 1, We 1 through 3. Deuteronomy 8. And they're encouraging and reminding the children of Israel. And he goes, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. This is the promises that God gives you. And then he says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart. Another translation says, that they, to humble you and to test you, to know your character, whether you would keep his commandments or not. There was a reason he made it difficult. It's the, reason, it's the reason he didn't give them, you know, golden chariots with horses and let them all out. And he wanted to test them. He wanted to find out what was in their heart. When things are going easy, it's easy to do what's right. When things get hard, how do you respond? What is your character? There's another warning that I saw, and uh, it reminded me of when I, when I read this, that they're, they're so loathed, this worthless bread. And I'm reminded of in the book of Hebrews, the writer says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise the discipline of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. This is God's plan. He loves you so much that he's not going to let you get away with that. And I've told my kids that, and they don't like it when I tell them, I love you too much to let you get away with that, because that means I've got to punish them. (laughs) But, you know, that's part of the training. That's what we do as fathers. You know, the Scripture even says that our earthly fathers do as best as they can to train you up, and they discipline you. They chastise you. In Hebrews, it actually says, and he scourges every son whom he receives. I don't have a scourge at my house. I'm not that far. I think that was more of a figurative term, thanks be to God. But uh, I do have a way of disciplining my children. When they're younger, you use certain means and it changes, but you do the best you can. But the Lord is the one who's working in this, trying to train you up to righteousness. And he does the same thing in our lives. And at some point, we kind of cooperate and and understand the value of it. And and we talked about that. Tom Landry talked about that. What does an athlete do? If you read in um, Romans, no, not Romans. Where is it? First Corinthians, no. I found it. First Corinthians nine, twenty-four. See, I rewrote it three times, so I got my references on three sheets. Sorry. First Corinthians nine, twenty-four. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, that you may obtain the prize, that you may win. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Another translation says, exercise is self-control. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Again, it's back to that same discipline where you're training yourself, where you participate in what God's doing and you train. As an athlete, you do this. It's the same thing on the spiritual side. Uh, St. Paul in, chapter, in uh, Acts chapter 24 says, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense, a good conscience toward God and men. That always strive is also translated, I exercise and I train myself to have a good conscience. I I. I train myself to do what's right. Uh, the Benedictines talk about the way they do this training themselves. Is they have the the daily office. It's it's a, a personal devotion. You have a daily, and then you have the Eucharist every week. But you do that daily prayers and stuff. This is part of that training that we've talked about. You know, and this Lenten season is an opportunity to really emphasize some of this training, to emphasize the to embrace what God is doing in our lives. And you know, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about. We've talked about it. Uh, What's the reason for the suffering? What's the good? Uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance or endurance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God loves us in the midst of this process. This is sanctification. This is that transformation. We are being transformed to become more and more like Christ. We are being changed from glory to glory to become more and more like him. And the tribulations and the trials that we're going through help produce that character in us, help make us more and more like Christ. Christ himself suffered. He suffered greatly. There's nothing that we've suffered that he hasn't. James 1 and 2, chapter 1, verses 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is the goal of what God has for us and the goal we should have for ourselves. And Part of this discipline, part of this training, one of the things that uh, I talked about last week in my 730 service is that the the Ten Commandments help us. They give us some guidelines and some stuff. And the Colette last week said to uh, protect us from those uh, uh, thoughts, those evil thoughts that assault and hurt the soul. Well, those thoughts is how the enemy tempts us, right? We're tempted because the enemy comes and whispers in our ear, you know, Jesus, when he went in the uh, after he was baptized, he went out into the wilderness and was tempted. And he wasn't tempted by somebody in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork and a tail. You know, there was, it was somehow the, the enemy whispered in his ear, just like we are tempted, the same way. Sometimes he whispers through different people, sometimes it's through, you know, something we read. Sometimes it's just you hear these thoughts that come into your head and you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> That's not a very good thought. And the real goal of the Ten Commandments is to teach you how to judge those thoughts. Ooh, that sounds like envy. I'm not supposed to do that. And so I don't dwell on those thoughts. I reject it. You block it out. And that's what we're supposed to do. Um, 1 Corinthians 2. No, not 2. See, here I go back. 2 Corinthians 10. This is how we deal with these thoughts, right? 2 Corinthians 10. Beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is our... This is the battle that we have. This is part of that discipline that's going on because we have to recognize we were born into a world at war. This is not a peaceful time, and I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about just every man, woman, and child. You're born into a world at war, no matter where you were born. We're very fortunate in that we are in a country where we have freedom to worship, where we can come together. There's little restrictions, little red ropes, and you know things that we do because of a the weird season that we're in, but we have that freedom. But unfortunately, that almost makes it harder because now any kind of suffering, we're like, oh, I don't want any suffering. I'm too, we're too at ease. We have too much comfort in the Western world. Uh, they say that your prayer changes. When things go difficult, and, and this is a, a pastor who traveled, I forget his name, but he travels all around the world and stuff, and he has a lot of time into those countries where Christians are persecuted and going through really difficult times. And he says the prayers change whether you're in the Western world or over in a persecuted country. In the Western world, if you go through difficult times, he says, Lord, deliver me from this trial. And if you're in a persecuted land, you say, Lord, give me the strength to endure this trial. Don't necessarily be running from the trials that you're going through. If you've prayed to God, said, Lord, make me who you want me to be. Well, maybe he's just got you set up now and you're saying, Lord... Get me out of this. And he goes, but I've been working to get you into it. You said you wanted to become who I've called you to be. Just trust in the grace and the strength that I'm giving you. Count it all joy when you fall into temptations, when you fall into trials and, and, and tribulations and, and the difficult things you go through, when your coach is yelling at you. It's okay. It's going to be there. There's, there's, there's a goal at the end. Their goal in football is the Super Bowl, right? What's our goal? Our goal is to become like Christ, to be transformed from glory to glory to become like him. And it says in James, we're going to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This Lenten season is of 40 days of trials, uh, 40-day fasting, like when Jesus went in the wilderness, 40 days, right? It's the same... Uh, The number, there's 40 days in Lent plus the Sundays to give us a little bit of a break so I can have uh, my sweets on Sunday and uh, sugar in my iced tea. It's a silly thing. I don't put sugar in my iced tea during Lent so that every time I take a drink, I'm like, oh, that's right, it's Lent. (laughs) Yeah, Lord have mercy. Uh, Then on Sundays, I get to put a little bit. I don't go super sweet when I like, you know, McDonald's is way too sweet when they're sweet tea, <laughs> but when I was a kid, that was sweet tea, right? So on Sunday, I get to have a little bit of sweet. It's better, right? Um, so we have 40 days plus the Sundays. We have a goal. We know that Easter's coming. The struggles and the sufferings and the things we go through, they're not for nothing. It's worth it because it yields that peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life. The fruits of the spirit, the peace, the, the joy, those kind of things that love for your neighbor, those are the things that is yielded by rejoicing in the trials, instead of complaining and whining and moaning like the Israelites did. I don't want any snakes in my life. You know, a funny thing. The Israelites realized they blew it. Oh my God, we sinned. Pray to God to deliver us from these snakes. He didn't deliver them from the snakes. He just said, "When you're bit." Look to the golden snake on the pole. I don't know what they called it then, golden snake on the pole. Look to that and you'll live. They still had snakes. They still had to go through difficult times. Now, our gospel today, and this was the thing that at the very beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something here that's just amazing. In the gospel today, which I have written here somewhere, one of these books, I'll find it. Well, I know what it is. It's John three sixteen, right? Everybody knows this one. But what is the one right before that? Starting in verse fourteen. Jesus and, and they're you know, he's going back and forth with, with uh, Nicodemus and he goes And as Moses Lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That serpent lifted up on the pole was just a forerunner of Jesus to look and to be healed. You know there were people in Israel that probably were bit by snakes and did not look up at the pole? Because later on it says... Light came into the world, and the people rejected it. They loved darkness more than light. Don't love darkness more than light. Look to the light. In the midst of whatever you're going through, look to the Lord Jesus. Believe his promises that he has good things for you in this light and momentary affliction not even compared to the things that God has for us. Just as a parent and you're raising up your children, you know you've got to discipline them. And then you show them so much love and you say, when they repent and they come to you and go, I'm sorry, you know, and you hold them in your arms and you're just, it breaks your heart to see them suffer. But you know that it's going to produce well-behaved children who are trained up in righteousness and that it will be lessons they can learn then that will carry them over for the rest of their lives. It's the same thing that we're learning. Just remember, you may cry, tears may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Folks, Easter's coming. Amen? Amen. Please stand.
3: Let us continue.
1: The Nicene Creed. who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory, and the life of the world
2: to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. that we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from from their distress. Give to, to the departed eternal rest. That light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Amen. You may you also come to share in your heavenly kingdom.
1: and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
6: Good morning again. I have a full slate of announcements for you this morning, so I'll go quickly through some and hit on a few others. Uh, men's meeting is Saturday. This is where we're going to clean out this building. We're going to clean out and take some of these rooms back for the ministries that Christ wants to do here on this property.
1: Amen. So come ready to
6: fill some trucks up, send some stuff to the dump that needs to go to the dump, and just straighten up. Um you know, just like I said, remember that word that, that John House from uh, Nevada yeah, that's right. brought us uh, at the Men's Retreat.
1: Clean the garage. Clean out your
6: garage. <laughs> Amen. One of my favorite things. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lenten Confessions, still going on, 10 to 12. 10 to 12. This is a powerful ministry. It's, uh, it's as old as the church itself, but it's stuck around here because it's got such an ability to work in our lives. So if you want to change a direction or do something or break the power of guilt and sin in your life, go to that. Amen. Amen. Uh, the time change today, we all know. I'm, yeah. more, I'm more tired than I was yeah. yesterday. <laughs> um, and we have Holy Week coming up. We've got yes. uh, Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, all of it culminating, like Ed said,
1: in Easter. Easter's coming. So be, be ready coming. for all of that.
6: Yep. Uh, we got Fast. a few events. What's that? It's coming fast. It's coming really fast. Um, and we got a few events here. Um, the Easter egg hunt. All you parents out there, uh, start getting the Easter eggs together, get them stuffed, and there's a little basket out there where you can put it in there. I know in my house sometimes the Easter bunny gets confused. He might put a dollar in one of the one of the <laughs> eggs or something. I don't know. Some of the kids like that. Put candy in them. Put them in there. And uh, Marie's going to be doing that. Uh, oh. Katie's ready there.
4: reminder: think of wearing I like those years. We need the eggs.
6: <laughs> yes, bring the eggs. You got two more weeks. Bring the eggs. There's a basket out there, little plastic eggs. Put something in there, whatever you want. Drop them in there. They're going to have an awesome time. Uh, home groups are going. They're they're, they're moving forward. Uh, the times change, and that's going to be really good for home group because yeah, it's going to be light out when Daylight. we get there. The kids can play outside. And God's going to just keep moving in our lives. We're going to be doing stuff together again, instead of alone. We're going to yep. be standing together as Christians, not alone. Amen. 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 Uh, St. Patrick's Day, we'll have to do a little celebration in my home group for St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what. Maybe, I, I don't know, we'll turn something green. Uh, and that's coming up on Wednesday. And then also, as we remember every year, and we need to be praying for Bishop and Karen, but yes, this is do. Bishop's 25th anniversary of being a bishop and as usual he doesn't shrink from challenges no so he and karen are moving they are moving oh which is gosh. like what, yeah. one of the top three stressful things in your life you yeah yeah change jobs get married and move and he's doing one of them <laughs> now well. uh in yeah. his 25th year as a bishop so yeah we need to pray for him pray for uh him. talk you know give him a call if he needs something Go run and do it. I'm going to call him this afternoon, see if he needs anything, and me and the boys will help him with whatever he needs. So just keep them in your prayers, and then you can really enjoy this 25th anniversary. Amen. Yes. Relax and
1: celebrate by then. Okay, that's all I got for you. Amen. Thanks, Eric. All right. Praise God.
2: Easter is As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, but do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
4: Say, you
1: Come, all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you
5: with your spirit.
1: Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. For you have given your children a sacred time for the renewing and purifying of their hearts, that freed from disordered affections. They may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that internally endure. And so with all the angels and saints we praise you as without end, we acclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted. He took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise, gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shared for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Maria, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Kyla, Paris family, Craig family, Jason, Thomas, Morgan, Courtney, Scott, Shute, David, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people that you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken, as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us.
3: Therefore, let us keep the feast.
1: Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. world. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you, and feed on Him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to His supper. Amen. Jesus, this is Your body.
4: From surrounding me, let it break. At Your name, still call the sea to still the rage in me to still every way. At Your name, Jesus, Jesus, You make the darkness tremble. se
1: causes those in darkness to tremble. I believe God wants to do something great and soon. And When we say Easter's coming, I know that you might be a little worn down in your soul by all that we've been through. God is preparing us for something great. Easter's coming. The breakthrough you're looking for is on the way. Keep praying and don't lose heart. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. As you go out from here, always remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.
4: Your name is a that the shadows can't deny. Your name.
2: go into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to
4: God. Your name